seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and I am the host for Live Joy, Share Joy. All of us have struggles, and many of us have gone through times of despair, times of grief, and yet we know we can leap into the arms of Jesus. But what does it really take to do that? Today, we're going to talk about that. And to guide us through that conversation, it is my pleasure to welcome our special guest, Val Ross. Val, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's so I'm so glad you're here. And I just want to give a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit right away. You reached out to me after a conversation I had had with another guest, and you just said, Deb, God told me to reach out. Like, there is something that needs to be shared, and you and I had that conversation, so... Thank you for being obedient to the Spirit, but also the power of the Holy Spirit is alive and well in you. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So I know we have a lot to talk about, and we are going to talk about leaping into the arms of Jesus, but let's introduce you to people. Have you always lived in the Bemidji region? Where are you from? How did you get here? Let's talk a little bit about getting to this place and this point in your life. Well, I've lived here um, for quite a a few years. I've been here probably since 1980, um, raised my family here. And um, so I'm familiar with this area and I belong to a good church and um, have a lot of good relationships with women there and who have helped me find my way through faith and and a, a relationship with Jesus. And we're going to talk about this relationship with Jesus and how he really, really brought you in deep. When you contacted me, there was so much to share, but I feel like we need to start somewhere in this relationship with your mom and this experience that you had, which really took you to a place of despair and hopelessness and yet hope. Mm -hmm. So let's start there with what was happening with your mom. Well, my mom and dad both lived over on the Iron Range, and when my mom finally retired, they moved over here to the Bemidji area. And I've always had a very good and strong relationship with my mom. We got along so well. We played cards together every time we got together, and um, and I looked forward to retiring so that her and I could go have coffee and have lunch. And she was just a fun mom. She would always um, hang out with me and and my grandkids, and we just did a lot of stuff together, and we just had a very, very, very close and special relationship. And her relationship with Jesus, too, was also good, and we had a lot of conversations. And, um, you know, I just, I was very lucky to have, you know, the mom that I did. And so here's this, you've got this dream, you've got this vision, you've got, this is what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And God had another plan. Yeah, he did. Um, it was about four years ago, or maybe four and a half years ago now, my mom had some health issues. She had some back problems, and um, she um, looked forward to having surgery on her back. And um, she, at the time that this happened, she had moved over to the Duluth area, but she had um, surgery in Fargo. And then after her back surgery, I talked her into coming to Bemidji, and she's uh, stayed at one of the the nursing facilities to get some rehabilitation. And it was about a week and a half or maybe two weeks after her surgery that she started having some severe pain in her lower back. And um, 
it was until uh, the one-month post-op appointment that she had with her doctor that um, they looked into what was causing that severe pain and and um, things just didn't go well. There was a bone in, in, in her spinal cord that had disintegrated, so they were going to have to do this surgery all over again. So um, she was not able to stay in the nursing home because of the Medicare and her status of rehab was no longer there. So um, we made a plan for her to come and stay with me. Um, so three days after um, that, she she moved into our home. We um, got everything all set up for her. So it was a Friday morning. She came to my home, and um, and it was a wonderful day. She she cried when she got there. She um, was just humbled at the fact that my husband had built a couple of ramps um, for her to get up into the house and. And I think that she just felt so warm and welcomed and that love that we had for her compared to where she had been. And um, and it was a wonderful day. I mean, I, I made her her breakfast. I made her her lunch. And and uh, she was on her Facebook page, you know, posting stuff about Jesus and just doing, you know, her normal thing and, and sitting in her little recliner chair in the room that I had made for her. And, and then... That night, we watched um, a couple of TV shows. Um, America's Got Talent was the one that she enjoyed, and I enjoyed it as well. And when that got over, um, she got her ready for her, you know, night bed into the chair, and I was helping her, and and I, I put her feet up, and I was covering her legs, and all of a sudden, she said, I feel really dizzy. And I looked at her, and... She was not responding. She was somewhere else. And in that moment, um, I knew something was wrong. And um, my husband was in the other room, and um, it, it was panic. I mean, I was in sheer panic. Um, I called 911. I mean, it was not, um, I mean, I, I, it, it was just, it happened so fast. And um, all I can remember is I just, I kept yelling for her to look at me and to wake up and to not leave me. And I prayed and asked Jesus not to take her. And um, we tried hard. I tried hard to save her. I listened to the 911 lady tell me what to do, and I did everything I could. And um, there was there was no saving her. Um, the ambulance came. They tried to work on her for a while, and they took her away and... When I got there, um, they told me that there was nothing that she could, they could do. And um, I lost my mom. I mean, and, and for the hour that the paramedics were working on her, I paced back and forth with my fingers crossed, and I just kept begging and pleading God not to take my mom because she was probably one of the closest things um, that I had. And... And this was probably by far the most um, horrific thing that I had ever experienced. And, um, you know, I just had no control over this whole situation. So let's just, you know, take a pause. This is, you are in this state of coming to grips with so much. First, it's, here's this welcoming home. Everything is coming together. And then literally... In a New York minute, as my mom would say, everything changes. Yep. yep. And you're pacing 
back and forth pleading with God. Yeah. And yet they come and tell you, we've done all we can. This is it. Yes. In trying to go back to that moment, talk to us about your relationship with God at that time. Was this a strong relationship? Was the foundation there? How was this impacting that? Well, I had given my life to the Lord um, many years before this. So I had a good, strong faith in Him. But you know, things were always pretty good. Um, I didn't have the struggles or the losses like this. Um, Anything from my childhood, I mean, I felt like my relationship with the Lord had been resolved because of His mercy and His love and His healing power over my life. But I had never experienced anything like this. And when I realized that my mom was no longer here, I, I just had this lost, helpless feeling that I didn't know where or what to do. And I just felt this desperate desperation to make it better. And the only thing that I could think of at that moment was to leap right into his lap and into his arms because I, I didn't know what else to do or where else to go. And there wasn't a person on this earth that I felt that I wanted to talk to. And I just felt that that was the only place that I felt safe and I felt comfort from him. And, um, yeah. It just, I, I, this image of, you know, here's Val leaping into the arms of Jesus. And what I love about this is you talk about the comfort that only God can provide. Yes, he puts earthly people here as his vessels, mm-hmm. but there is nothing like the comfort of the Lord, especially in these times. Right. Yeah. And especially when we don't have our own understanding, I'm thinking of, right. you know, into his understanding, not our own understanding in the moment. There's also something in here that I think, what do people do that don't have faith in these situations that don't know that they can leap into the arms of Jesus? Yeah, I can't even imagine. I, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine either. You are, I know scripture is very important to you. And uh, you and I, of course, have talked about a lot of, um, you know, different scriptures. But I was curious if any one scripture really stood out to you in this moment as you were leaping into the arms of Jesus. Was there one that just really grabbed you? Well, there's probably a million, right? There are quite a few that I've run into, but the one that maybe at that moment was the Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And uh, he definitely, he does. Amen. He provides that place, that safe place where I know for me was the only place that I could go and, and still to this day is the only place where I can go that is my safe place. 
There's nowhere on this earth, really. I mean, there's beautiful places that we can go and we can see the peace and the beauty in his nature, but but when I picture myself being in his arms, it's just like a little child that's just scared and doesn't have no doesn't know what to do and just leaps into the lap of their parent. Well that is what you know, that is what I see myself doing when I leap into his lap and onto into his arms. We're talking with Val Ross about leaping into the arms of Jesus. We've just talked about the death of her mother, and there is so much more in her struggle of grief, her struggle of despair, and struggle of hopelessness. We're going to take a brief pause, but when we come back, we're going to talk about this even more, and even more about leaping into the arms of Jesus. This is Live Joy, Share Joy. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. Can you imagine getting a text right to your phone that is all about joy? Every Friday, I send out a joy note. This is a message of encouragement, contemplation, insight, and more. If you want to receive a joy note right to your phone, text the word joy to 218 248 6556. I look forward to sharing more joy with you on a weekly basis. Let's build a community of joy. Are you currently renting your home? Give Team Aylesworth, Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Real Living First Realty a call. Trust them to help guide you through the home buying process. With interest rates as low as they are, now is a good time to take that leap into being a homeowner. The award-winning customer service team is ready to make you their priority. Call Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Make owning a home your reality today. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. With us today is Val Ross. We are talking about leaping into the arms of Jesus. And Val has just shared with us that her mother passed away. She is reaching out to the Lord, jumping into the arms of Jesus. And Val, this experience did not just affect you. This affects the whole family. So what happens after your mom has passed? What are the next steps? Well, um, well, I had to call my dad, and, you know, my dad and I never had a real, real close, close relationship, especially while I was growing up, and um, when I called my dad, you know, I was in a very vulnerable state, and then, of course, you know, he was in a very vulnerable state, and uh, one of the things that caught me off guard is that he told me he loved me, and that was the first time in my entire life that I had ever heard my dad tell me he loved me and that he was in such a vulnerable state that um, I'd never seen in him before. And um, I think, you know, as I was trying to make sense of all of this, why my mom had to leave and what was going to happen now, you know, things started to kind of move in to those directions like, um, 
you know, where does this sit with me and my dad? And how is this going to, and I, I felt an overwhelming um, burden on taking care of him and making sure he was happy and, and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, things did change a little bit between him and I, and, and I think he was at a point where he was more desperate to get a little closer to me. So um, I could see some things happening that maybe God had a purpose for why my mom left because maybe there was some things that I needed to work through with my own dad, you know, and, and we still have those things that we're working through, but, but things have gotten, you know, much better between us. And that's kind of, kind of neat. Yeah. It's, I always talk to people about even in the midst of despair or some of the most horrific experiences of our lives, there are gifts when we look through the eyes of God, right, and God's bigger plan that we will never understand. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but I have a list of things. Yeah. <laughs> when I meet the big guy, I've got this list. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you know, blah, blah, blah? Like, you know, yeah. I just have all these things, but I always look at what we think we understand. And God's mm-hmm. up there going, oh my gosh, if you only saw what was really the bigger everything and, and all the right. ripples of impact. Well, and with my mom, too, I think the thing that gives me the most peace is that my mom has said on more than one occasion that she could not wait to be face-to-face with Jesus. And so knowing where she is gives me a lot of peace. And knowing where I will end up being, seeing her again someday has also given me that peace. If I start feeling sad and Missing my mom. I mean, I do have a lot of days where I miss her. I miss her voice. And, mm-hmm. and you know, on my birthday and on Mother's Day, I don't get to hear her voice. But um, but with our relationship with Jesus, we will be together again someday. And that is, that's the joy that I hang on to um, every day. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and his promises are real. Like, Absolutely, this is so real. Mm-hmm. So... You're moving through this situation, and at the same time, you have your own family. Yeah. And there are struggles happening within your own family. So let's talk about what was happening there. Well, um, my youngest son, Mark, was having a lot of issues um, with substance use. And, um, you know, he was an ADHD kid growing up, Real, really struggled with that and I think as an adult he found other ways to self-medicate that weren't the best. Um, Mark did have a relationship with the Lord though he was um, he was an Awana leader and I know he read his Bible and um, but I know that he also went back and forth between that addiction and that dark life and his relationship with the Lord. And um, as a mom, you know, we always want to take care of our kids and fix them and make them do what we want them to do, but what's best for them. Um, But he was 31 years old. He was married and had three children. And, um, you know, a lot of the decisions that he had made along the way um, that had consequences, um, it was hard for me to to sit back and watch that. But, you know, there's not a whole lot a person can do and um, but pray. And I prayed with him, and I tried to encourage him as much as I could. And, um, and he was fairly good at, you know, listening, but he didn't always, you know, do what he 
was listening to. And so um, that went on for a few years. Um, and he ended up getting himself into trouble. And then he had made some more bad choices and consequences with the law. And um, and it ended up being that because um, he had um, broke his probation so many times, um, the judge finally just said, you know, I'm tired of you. And you're going to go sit some time in, in prison for you know, not following through with what you're supposed to be doing. He was using methamphetamine, and, and I think that when I found out that he was using methamphetamine, I mean, I he was probably using for two years before I even knew anything about it, and I had seen him twice a week. And um, I could see that he definitely had some changes. He had some. He definitely had some mental health paranoia, things that I had um, never seen in him before, and I'm sure that the that methamphetamine had twisted and changed and um, distorted the structure of his brain. And um, at the time that my mom passed away, he was in prison and he couldn't even go to her funeral. But he got out of prison after 10 months. He got out of prison in August. He stayed down in the cities with his wife, who at that time, and I thought they were going to get divorced, but and the three kids, and um, for six months, I believe he he went back to using, and I didn't see a whole lot of him. I talked with him, and I tried to encourage him, and I told him to just pray and ask God to help him because I knew that he was struggling, but I didn't exactly know to what extent, and I didn't know exactly what was going on because he was down there and I was up here. But February 10th, was the day that his sixth month was up, his probation and his parole and everything was all done. And um, it was February 16th that he turned 31. And I talked with him maybe a week before that on the video chat, and that was um, a week before his birthday. And then uh, February 16th, I sent him a message sent him a happy birthday message and hoped he had a good day. And he said, I love you, Mama. And um, on February 26th, he ended his life. And um, and I was at work at the time. And my job at that time was a social worker. I did substance use assessments. And I was sitting across from a young man who has had been dealing with methamphetamine use, and I shared with him my son's struggles and what it looked like from my perspective and tried to encourage him to make some better choices and hope that he would get the help that he needed. And and, um, so I kind of went off on a little more than the normal, and and as the time went on, all of a sudden my phone went off and and, um, it was a video chat which I don't answer at work, but it was my daughter-in-law, and uh, she had called like three times. And um, the fourth time that it rang, um, I told this young man, I said, I, I should probably take this. So he sat there across from me, and I could see this lady on, the, on my phone, and this, man could, this young man could hear me and the, the lady talking, and the things that she said was, it was my daughter-in-law's aunt, and she said, 
Val, I am so sorry to tell you, but your son Mark has just committed suicide. And those words, I think I immediately went into shock because I, I just, I was oblivious to everything around me. I did look at that young man, though, for a second, and he had his hand on his mouth like he was in shock. <laughs> and um, I just didn't know what to do again. Here I was in the face of adversity and wanting to believe that the words that I had just heard were not true because this is my baby. This is my my little boy. And um, I just, pretty soon people kept pouring into my room. That man went out to the front desk and said, I think that lady in that room needs help. And so... Um, I was surrounded by coworkers, and um, and I called my daughter, who was away at Liberty University in Virginia, doing some of her school work out, out out there. And I had to tell her that her brother had committed suicide, and um, I don't know. There I was, again, in the lap of Jesus. I, I don't think that there was anything more devastating, even losing my mom, that was more devastating than this. And um, all I could do was just sit in a corner in my house that whole night. And I just kept saying, God, Why? 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 That was all I could think of is why. And just like the lady at the well who found herself at the hem of Jesus' robe, I just clung to him because there's nowhere else that you can go with that. There's no place, there's no body, but at the feet of Jesus. There's so much in this, and there's so much more we could talk about. What I want to invite people to do is take everything that you've shared here today, resting in the arms of Jesus, finding peace in Jesus, finding peace in the Word. And we also want to invite people to download our sheet of program notes where we'll have additional scriptures and support questions for you because we know that there's probably a lot more support that might be valuable after listening to Val today. Val, I want to thank you so much for coming in to share your journey, these places of despair and struggles and hopelessness and hope. And that reminder that we have the place to go. And that is the arms of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. It no no longer becomes about me. It's about him. It's where he's taking me every day. And that is where the joy of living each day is. It's with him. Amen. Fel Ross, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. 
And thank you to all of you for choosing to listen. Thank you for living joy. And thank you for sharing joy. I'm Deb McGregor. Thanks for listening. And thank you so much to Philip Elke for engineering our program today. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.